What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge podcast. The Yankees should be sellers. They get swept in Anaheim. Keith, I saw you at the gym this morning. We were sweating out our sadness. How are we doing? Yeah, you said it right there, man. I was, uh... I was upset. That was uh, actually, I'm going to be honest with you, Kev, that was probably the worst series of the year. I'm just, you look, you got embarrassed. I mean, not only did you just get swept, you got absolutely just clowned. Everything you did, every single, every single thing got pointed out, whether it was Booney, whether it was the antics, whether it was the players, everything about the whole, the whole weekend just sucked. That was just honestly one of the most deflating weekends or uh, yeah, one of the most deflating series as a team this year. Like I, I felt like, I felt like that was one of those series that just completely dissolved every single bit of like chemistry and every single bit of like just momentum moving forward because you just got absolutely embarrassed by an Angels team who's not even like let's once again let's put it out like aside from Otani, you know, they don't even have a trout and we just got absolutely embarrassed. And they have a they don't have a good pitching staff either. And, you know, guys like Sandoval's are shoving against us. You know, like, what are we doing? So that was uh that was an embarrassing weekend. Um uh, yeah, I don't know, Kev. That's uh, this is something that moving forward now the Yankees like. I feel like the entire season's just in. We have so many questions now. Uh, so I don't know. What do you? Uh, this is like one of the most important times of the year, man. This is and I, you're saying they should sell. What do you? Uh, what are you thinking about that? I, I don't think this team is anywhere near where they need to be to to be buyers. I mean, I understand the Aaron Judge you know, him not being there, you know, and how big of an impact it is on this lineup. But I mean, when Aaron judge was on this roster, I think they were 30 and 19 this year with Aaron judge. That wasn't just all Aaron judge. I mean, all, all the other guys were hitting too. I mean, Rizzo had a really good start to the year. You know, there was other guys that were hitting that aren't hitting right now. And Aaron judge coming back in, you know, three weeks, if that, you know, if that is when he comes back, I don't know if I see him having enough of an impact on this team to fix all of these problems. I mean, there are even so many just little problems in the series when you watch it that Aaron Judge is not going to be able to fix. I, I mean, the one that annoys me the most is the Franchi Cordero, you know, trying to go to third base on the ground ball two third. Uh you know, that Harrison Bader hit. I mean, like Aaron Judge is not going to be able to fix the base running mistakes that this team has. And I understand that Frenchie Cordero is not, you know, a long-term guy on this roster, but those little problems, we saw the base running mistakes in Colorado with Peraza and Bader. You know, the base running continues to be a problem for this team. I just think that they have so many other problems outside of just Aaron Judge not being in the lineup. I just don't know if I see this team being good enough when he comes back. The bullpen is now struggling. You know, Rodon hasn't looked good. 
Herman with a rough start, so like you have some shaky guys in the in the rotation. I mean, Severino's been you know nothing near what Severino, you know, should be. Like you like I feel like you have a lot of other questions outside of just Aaron Judge. And for me, I just don't know if Aaron Judge fixes these problems. And I think if you take Aaron Judge out of it, like we've seen, this is just a bad baseball team, and I don't think they should buy. Yeah, uh, you know, the pitching. I feel like this past you know, two weeks have been a big problem, especially now that the offense really can't hit. And, you know, now the pitching is just exploding. Bullpen's not doing good. So, yeah, like you said, it's problems that even around Aaron Judge, even when Judge comes back, you know, who knows if that even solves any problem because, you know, there's so much going on that just, you know, this team doesn't even look like a baseball team. They're uh, they're bad. Um, Judge is actually, there's a bit of an update on Judge. Uh, so we, I guess we can kind of shift into our housekeeping here. There's a bit of an update on Judge. Uh, so before yesterday's game, um, or before the third game of the series, he was doing some BP. Um, he was, you know, running around, kind of like lightly jogging around and, you know, getting some swings in and throwing around a little bit. And, you know, not we don't know how he obviously he feels, but from looking at the videos of, you know, people posting on Twitter, it it didn't even look like he, like he kind of looked like he was, he wasn't like, you know, stumbling. He wasn't like his swings honestly looked pretty efficient and they look pretty pure you know he's throwing he, like while he's running around and he's you know, he's trying to run the bases you know it's not like he's kind of like you know hobbling a little bit and you know trying to put like light pressure like he's kind of going you know as as uh, you know as much pressure as he kind of can and and he looked fine I mean not that you know not saying we should rush him back at all but I'm saying is like those are the update like that's such a positive update for like if if judge is the the saving grace that we need right now that's like that's a huge update right now and uh so they're so Booney and Booney and everyone is saying that possibly an August return. Um, everyone, some reason there was a speculation that he's going to come back for the Mets series again, but he's not probably not going to come back for the Mets series. Um, so they're looking at uh, like a middle to late August return. So yeah, Judge Judge update, man. That's it's probably one once again the best one we can get. Yeah, I mean definitely. I, again, I, I'm. I know there are still a lot of Yankee fans that want to buy because they don't want to give up on the year. To me, the the Aaron Judge news now is starting to become a little bit of a mute point because I just don't think that him coming back is going to be the the saving grace that everybody thinks it's going to be. I think this. I just think this team has way too many problems. I mean, and the, the injuries just continue to pop up. I mean, we see Bader go down last night. You know, Donaldson goes down, and I know, you know. Donaldson's been really bad, but, you know, Donaldson goes down in the Colorado series. It feels like every series we lose a starter. And, I mean, I, I, I don't rem- I don't know if there's been an update on Bader. Has there been an, is, has there been an update on Bader? Yeah, so Bader has a, uh, a left rib contusion. Um, so possibly a timetable of, like, four to six weeks is the typical um, timetable for that. Um, he remain- yeah, he stayed in the game, but then he just... You know, he just he got her. He just wasn't feeling it. Um, said he was pretty uncomfortable. So, yeah, that's uh, that was one of those things that we kind of got scared of. I I brought it up in a previous podcast. Like, you know, if Bader can stay healthy, you know, that's a conversation we need to have at the end of the year about an extension. But now it's this is the third time this year he's gone down, and I mean this one. You know, this one's a little more unfortunate than the others, but it's still like you know now that's another month, a month and a half that we're gonna have to miss Bader, and it's it's. You know, these now is not the time for that. And he and he came back and he kind of gave us a little bit of a spark too. 
and now you're you know the fear is you're going to lose it. If Bader is out four to six weeks, if 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 that is what they they end up giving us as the as the timetable for him, I mean how how can you <laughs> like once again like another guy? I mean if you're going to be missing Bader for for four to six weeks, I mean that that's again another reason for you not to go out and buy. I mean I, I know Bader hasn't been like ter- terrific. Like if you look at his numbers. His his overall numbers aren't great, to be honest. But he's you know he's had some big hits and he's been a cog in the middle of that lineup. And I didn't realize it was going to be that serious, to be honest with you. That that again is you know what's to say that next you know that next week or in this you know Royal series that starts on you know tomorrow, what's to say that Stan doesn't go down again? You know what's to say that Rizzo doesn't get thrown on the IL you know with a neck injury? Like we we've seen this time and time again. It doesn't shock me, and I do remember about a month ago you 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 asked me about the Bader extension, and I I was on board. Mm-hmm. But you're right; this does kind of throw a wrench in it because this is the third time he's been hurt a lot of this year. He really has. And I mean, and he historically he is a injury like he was injured when we traded for him. He's a his, he's a he's an injury prone player. So it's the gamble on there is it's it is brutal, and you know that's such a conversation that we're, that's going to have to be you know. You know what's Bader's? What's is Bader going to even stay Yankee after this year? Because you know the injuries. You know we can't have guys like him, Judge Stanton, and DJ. You know those are your four best guys, and they're just constantly getting injured. You know we're not. I can't deal with that. Um, Donaldson. Um, he just got recently uh, put on the IL after I think it was before Game One of the Angel series. He has a right calf strain, um, and this one was he actually no, it was during the game actually. Um, he yep, has the a right... Colorado series. Game yes, the Colorado series. Yes, um, but before the Angel series, they were saying so the right calf strain, and they're they're not even they don't even think he's going to come back for the year. Donaldson doesn't Donaldson doesn't even think that he feels comfortable enough to come back for the year. So um, they said it's a grade two plus uh, calf strain, possibly a, a grade three. Um, so no timetable still, but they don't think he's going to come back. So there, that's possibly the last time we see Josh Donaldson in a Yankee uniform because I don't, I mean, if they extend, if they, for some reason, resign him, then that's absolutely blasphemy, but the, but this is the final year on his contract and he's probably done for the year. So this is probably the last time we see Donaldson, which again, I mean, Donaldson's been absolutely horrendous and we've been calling for his job (laughs) all year. But again, it's just another example of another starter going down because, like it or not, Donaldson was is an everyday guy for this team. So once again, you have a guy go down, you know, and there's there's worries that you're not going to see him for the rest of the year. I mean, Peraza, you know, has come up and he's had a couple of good, you know, offensive outings, but he's you know he's made a lot of mistakes. You can see that he's still pretty raw. Like he he's not he's not a fine tuned you know starter in this league yet. Like like once again, I mean. And, like, nobody wants to talk about it, but Volpe's back to struggling mightily again. So, like, yeah. once again, you're 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 back in this situation where, I mean, your third baseman in Peraza is going to have some good days. He's going to have some bad days. Volpe, you know, he you know he sailed the ball today, but defensively he's been okay. But he's right back to struggling offensively. You know, the only guy in this lineup that's been hot is Glaber, who's actually been really, really hot. Yeah. You know, continued it in this series. But it's not just going to take one guy. I mean, you see this right now, like... You know, Glaber is hot. Like, Glaber is hot, hot. And mm. they just got swept. 
in Anaheim, and they lost two out of three in Colorado with Glaber Torres hot. So, like, to me, Judge coming back and, you know, one guy being able to do it, to me just doesn't – it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, kind of a whole interesting thing about Peraza. Um, but for the past week, um, Glaber Torres, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, that's actually – I was going to bring up how an under-the-radar type feeling with Glaber right now. He's been really quietly good for us. Uh, this past week alone, uh, he has a 407 average with three ribbies. Um, and I think, let's see, he has one homer in that. But uh, two extra base hits, uh, one of them being a triple. So, I mean, yeah, three ribbies for him. That's Torres has, Torres has been, uh, you know, kind of a guy that it's been really weird with him uh, these past few years, I felt like. You know, Didi goes, Torres gets switched over to shortstop. And he kind of loses his game, you know, not the same tour as we saw from 2019. And he was kind of, and you know, Cashman and, and Booney are, you know, kind of ripping into him saying, you know, he, he didn't take the, he didn't do the right, uh, the proper uh, off season training. And, you know, he just looked kind of out of shape. So, you know, kind of getting bashed from all that. And then, you know, still before the season, you know, coming up in trade talks for Pablo Lopez and, and, you know, he was the guy that's still like, you know, I, I would trade Glaber Torres. I would, but He's really put together, you know, a really good season for for how this team is, and he's he's actually the only hitter on this team that has a, a WRC over a hundred. So, uh, Glaber is definitely like a very valuable piece that we need to like really kind of cherish for right now, especially since everyone else sucks. Um, but yeah, that's a good point right there for uh, for Glaber. Um, there's actually a couple more housekeeping. Um, I didn't think there's going to be this much. Uh, so Jake Bowers, a left rotator cuff inflammation. Uh, he went on the IL um, a couple. Uh, what was it, last week? He uh, he hurt his um, he hurt his shoulder against the Orioles. Um, so it's a left rotator cuff inflammation, and they're saying a possible August return. Um, so he's working out in a couple days. He's working out for a couple days right now in the minor league rehabs starting July 21st, and then uh, he'll kind of get his rehab going. And uh, Willie Calhoun, uh, we're possibly going to see a Willie Calhoun very soon. Um, he's joining, so the possible late July return, and they're expecting him to join AA Somerset for a minor league rehab um, this week. Um, so yeah, that's uh, some pretty positive update, because Willie is uh, Willie was kind of mashing for a little bit before he left. Um and there's also Greg Allen. Greg Allen is also a possible end of the month um, return as well. After his right hip flexor strain, he's uh, starting his rehab pretty soon. Um, and Nestor Cortez threw about 35 pitches in a live batting practice uh, July 17th. We kind of got that update last podcast. Um, so Nestor's possibly in uh, like a middle to middle August return. But that's pretty much your uh, your housekeeping there. So pieces that. I guess you want to come back because, you know, this team needs to be rounded out some way, somehow. But I I don't know about you. I wouldn't say, like, you know, that's like a housekeeping that I'm like, let's go. Like, the good updates. You know, it's like. Oh, no, no, I, yeah. I agree. Like, I, I mean. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I don't really, I don't really. Bowers coming back doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm feeling really down. About this team right too. now, um, 
let's let's do the games really quick because I've said a couple of times that I want them to sell. I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to get your opinion because you haven't given your opinion yet. But we do have to do the games a little bit of justice. We'll talk real quick. Game I think game one, one's the biggest one, honestly. Yeah, game one, they fall for three in extras. Michael King was absolutely – he was really bad in, in this game, walked a couple of guys late. The the big thing from this game is Seve, um, and I want to get your opinion on how he looked. You know, six innings is uh, – six innings and one run, I mean, a good start definitely. He didn't – you know, I – he got he got bailed out a couple times. He didn't look sharp, sharp. Um, but the length that he gave us, you know, minimal runs. You know, he caught yeah. Once again, he kind of got you know into some trouble and you know was able to get out of it a few times. But I mean, I can't I can't complain about that. You know, it's it, Sevy still doesn't really look great, which sucks. But you know, I, I'm I can't really complain about a six a six inning you know one run game. But I just I still. I don't know the confidence. I guess would you, I would say is just not entirely there yet. Again, yeah. I mean, we talked about this on, at work on Tuesday, and that was kind of what you told me. You were, you know, you were happy with the length, and you know, six innings is you know good length to get out of Seve because he's been giving us about two innings yeah. in all his starts. So for him to give six innings was solid. But I agree. I, my 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 view on Severino's start was was not very positive. I, I, I didn't like him pitching out of the stretch. It seemed like he was kind of rushed to me. It didn't seem like he was comfortable. And there was traffic on the bases throughout his whole start. He got bailed out a couple of times. You know, some some really hard-hit balls that turned into double plays just kind of got lucky with where they were hit. I didn't think he looked very sharp. I mean, he walked three guys. He still gave up six hits, and he only struck out three. So I don't. I didn't think he was sharp either. But, you know, this bullpen is cooked right now. So to be able to give six innings, you know, was solid. We obviously, you know, saw that the bullpen, you know, was was not – good in this game you know obviously with with Michael King you know not being sharp so get to be able to give length was good but I like I said I kind of agree with you I don't really feel any better about Luis Severino coming out of this start I mean even if you look at his line which his line is solid I mean six innings one earned you know that that's that's a that's a real that's a good start but when you watched it it didn't you know it didn't give you any more confidence it. it didn't feel like it exactly yeah um I kind of want to say I'm surprised that you really you think Sevy's the big thing. I really feel like the big thing is the whole Otani thing. I feel like that was such a mess. Um, so they intentionally walked him in the uh, in the fifth inning. Um, for you know because you know why not? You got to walk Otani. Runners on. Um, then the seventh inning comes around. You're up by two. Otani's up. You know righty on lefty especially. You know. King gets him into a two-strike count, but just leaves the changeup hanging. You know, nukes it out. You know, the reason that it bothers me because, you know, that one that obviously that changes the game completely. You lose the game in extras off of a, a, you know, the ghost runner, whatever. But the thing that bothers me the most is the fact that how much they refuse to walk Otani in that game when yet for the next two days... Especially game game three, they walked him four times. They walked him four times, and then in game two, they walked him twice. So then, uh, my question is: is the fact that you know Boone comes on? Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw John Boy's thing, but Boone comes on, and you know they're asking him all these questions. You know, why not walk Otani? Well, because Otani only hits a home run ten percent of the time, and Mickey Moniak's having a good year. 
why are you using Mickey Moniak? Like, yeah, he is having a, you know, props to Mickey Moniak, 330 hitter right now. He's actually having a pretty solid year. But why are you more afraid of Mickey Moniak than you would Shohei Otani? I just, that doesn't make sense. I would much rather take the chance with a three, with, with, with Moniak than I would Otani. Like, I would much rather take the chance. It just didn't, that just did not make sense to me whatsoever. And the comments that Boone has been saying this past week have been pretty fucking childish, I'm not going to lie. Like, they have been really just lazy-ass responses that, like, I hate, I hate the response that he says, well, if you can, well, if you're, when, when you're the manager of the team, then you can do that. Okay. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, it, the point that you make about them walking him as much as they did in the in the in the next two games is the best point about this. And they also walked him in his at bat prior, and yeah. it didn't and it didn't look like they were willing to pitch to him. So it makes no sense why they picked that spot to pitch to him. And if Mickey Moniak is the reason that they decided to pitch to him, then then Aaron Boone is an idiot because there's no way that you're going to be more scared of Mickey Moniak going up to the plate in a big spot like that than Shohei Otani. There's just right. no way. So, honestly, I know there's there, – to me, there's no way that that's the actual reason that I didn't walk him. I don't think Boone and the staff is that stupid. So I don't know why he goes out and makes these comments to make himself look that stupid because when you say something like that, you make yourself look like a complete fool. There's nobody, n- not even casual fans, who would look at that situation – and say, we'd rather pitch Shohei Otani than Mickey Moniak. Like, there's just no way. And I don't believe that they believe that either. So f- it just confuses and frustrates me that he goes out and says some of the things that he says because it makes himself look like an idiot and it frustrates us because that's obviously not the reason. Like, to me, there's no way that they'd rather pitch to Shohei Otani, even if that's what he said. I just don't get it. You know, that definitely, uh, that definitely really bothered me. I'm not going to lie. Um, so yeah, Yankees dropped game one, uh, they dropped it in extras, they dropped game two, and they dropped game three as well, really, like, honestly, just embarrassing. Um, and I, once again, with the responses from Boone, uh, another, you know, I, I, I hate these ones too. Uh, I thought we did a lot of good things tonight, but certain situations, you have to make better adjustments. It's pretty much the exact same thing. He finally actually said, uh, after yesterday's game, he finally said something that was a little more negative, finally, but he said, we stink right now, and we acknowledge that. That's it. But I guess Boone can find I guess we finally realize that Boone understands that he that this team sucks right now. Like this team is just not not a contending team whatsoever. Um go ahead. Yeah, I, I again you're you're more of a Boone hater and there's a lot of them out there and I'm not as much. Again, I don't think a lot of this is on Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is the guy who gets all of the slack because he's the one who goes who who has to go and talk to the media. And yeah. he does say a lot of stupid things to the media. And there are things within games in terms of the bullpen and in terms of, you know, you know, situations like we just talked about with Otani that that annoy us. But I think the, I mean really the crux of this is the roster construction which is Brian Cashman. Like right. this is it's not Aaron Boone's fault that a couple guys go down and they have to put out a lineup that can't that only gets two hits in game 2, one being the Glaber Homer. Like I don't think that that is on Aaron Boone. That's on Brian Cashman. And obviously there's a lot of blame to go to a lot of different places and there's a lot of things that Boone doesn't do right and you know a lot and and a lot of people think Boone's an idiot and I think in a, in some spots he is. But the crux of this problem, the crux of this team and the struggles and the crappy baseball that we've had to watch for a lot of this year without Aaron Judge 
is because the roster is constructed terribly, absolutely terribly. Honestly, what do you expect Aaron Boone to do with some of these guys? Like, if he has to play a guy like Frenchie Cordero, what do you expect him to do? How is that really his fault? Like, it's not. And obviously, in-game decisions and stuff, that's, that's Boone stuff. And that's stuff that we could talk about and crap on him for. But, you know, he goes out and says that we stink, and we do, and it's not all his fault. Like, you, I mean, look at the guys that the Yankees are putting out on the field every day. It's ridiculous. These are not your daddy's Yankees. Yeah, uh, that's actually a good point. Now that actually, now I'm thinking about it, I kind of want to, I wonder, do you think that Boone's almost their, their scapegoat? Oh, I definitely. Like. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's half the reason why they re-signed him, because he's good and he's okay to go out I've to the media the and, make blame. It, and, and, take the, and take the blows. Exactly. He yeah. has no problem going out there and talking like an idiot and seeming like an idiot when we know that Aaron Boone's not an idiot. He's been in baseball since he was two years old when his dad and his brothers were playing. Like yeah, Aaron ESPN Boone knows baseball. Fucking, he was an yeah. ESPN analyst. Exactly. Aaron Boone's not an idiot. Aaron Boone knows baseball. But Aaron Boone is good with the players and he's willing to go out to the media, act like a complete fool and take the blame. And everybody hates Aaron Boone. Like, I think that's half the reason that he's still here. Yeah. See, I feel like what just bothers me the most is the fact that the comments about how, you know, I don't know whether it's just because he's just almost like forced to say it, but the comments about like, you know, these guys just need their runway. And I, that, that just really sets me off because the fact that we, there's been no runway, like they're, this from April to now, there is like you're telling me there's been zero runway. You're telling me they still need to find it. Um, like we're not dealing. Like this, we're literally we're ten days away from August. Like we don't have time. Like end of the year is coming right up on us, and we are in last place. Like this, this is that's just the part that bothers me. But now that you bring up like you know, it does kind of now that like it kind of clicks in. Really, it's just just the in-game decisions, whether it's bullpen or the lineups. That's all Booney can do. You know, it's not his fault that the players are that fucking Stanton's batting 195. And it's, it's not, not his fault that Rizzo can't hit. No, you know? it's not. Yeah, it's not. And, uh, the, you know, the best thing Booney can do is just help him mechanically. But I, I you know, I, I, I can cut some slack off Boone and I, I'll take that. Um, and again, I don't think Boone is a great manager. I don't. No. Like if they if they got rid of him tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, they just got rid of a great manager and they put it all on him and nothing was his fault. I don't think Boone is a great manager, but I just don't think that like what we're seeing right now, I don't think this is his fault. This is Cashman. This is the the guys upstairs who constructed this roster. Yankee. So say, so say like we're a few weeks, few weeks from now, probably like a month from now, Yankees still not really in a playoff spot. You know, they're still skidding. They're still bad. Boone on the hot seat. I don't know. I mean, see like the Bronx pinstripe show, they call Boone a puppet. And he is there. He's the he's the Yankees organizational puppet. He goes and he does what what they he does the dirty work for them. They like Aaron Boone because he does that. These this, these in game decisions are not as important to them because most of the decisions yeah, from the New York Yankees are being made analytically. Most yeah. of these like a lot of these decisions are not Aaron Boone. This is this is the organization and how they believe they should be you know, going about these situations. I, I honestly feel like a lot of the decisions even that are made in game are not really totally Aaron Boone's decision. I, I feel like, you know, every day he's given, you know, 
a report on which guys in the bullpen, you know, can go and which, you know, guys they like in which spots. And, you know, Michael King is good in these situations, you know, in, in this inning against these types of hitters. Like, like, I feel like a lot of those decisions are already made. And Aaron Boone goes out, he does what he's asked to do, and he takes all the heat. So I don't know. Should he be on the hot seat? Absolutely. Like, the team's not playing well. The manager has to be has to be on the hot seat. But I don't think it's as easy as people think it is because I feel like if it was, he would have been canned when they got swept against the Astros last year. And he got an extension. You know, you kind of just reminded me of, actually, that you, when you just said that. Um, think back to 2020 playoffs. Game 2 ALDS. Davey Garcia starts. And it was just the opener. You know, Davey was kind of like he came up. He was a rookie. You know, he had some pretty solid outings, had, you know, had shaky, whatever. Um, you know, we didn't have like a set really pitching staff at in twenty in 2020. You know, the pitching staff was kind of weird. It was just, you know, Garrett Cole came along and then Massa was kind of shutting down. You know, it was kind of the tail end of Massa type thing. Um, game two of the ALDS, they started Davey. And then the next inning, they take him out for J.A. Happ. And... You know, Jay Happ completely shits the bed, gives up a three-run home run, game's over, blah blah blah. So that, and then you, uh, post game or like you know, a couple, you know, day after or whatever, you know, Hal and Cashman come out saying like, you know, this was a behind-the-scenes decision, and that just that completely like this entire thing is being ran by Hal and Cash, and it's not fucking working. It's not, and that's just like what like this is we're gonna be into a bid like a pretty bad situation at some point if it's just gonna continue to be like this yeah i i think i think before every game aaron boone sits down with the analytical guys and you know the front office guys and they sit down and they have a full report they tell everything to aaron boone aaron boone takes in that information and he does with that what he will but those are i don't i just don't think that all of those decisions are purely his i just refuse to believe honestly and maybe it's because I don't hate Aaron Boone. I just refuse to believe that he's as stupid as he comes off to be. I just don't believe it. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't believe it at all. Because he does make some stupid ass comments. <laughs> oh, he, he makes some stupid. He makes some stupid comments, and he does make bad decisions. I mean, we we there are there's no doubt that some of the bullpen decisions and you know some of the the lineup you know and how it looks you know on a day to day basis is you know questioning and is frustrating. There's no doubt about that. I just don't believe he's as stupid as he comes off to be, and as stupid as some of these decisions are. Yeah, it's a good point. Do you think um, they should sell? See, the thing about that is the fact that who are you going to sell? Everyone is on such a big contract, and it's pr like unless we give up some top prospects, I feel like a lot of these players we we can't move. Like, so there are there are a couple guys that that can be moved. Um, yeah, give me give me. I want to actually let me hear this. So Domingo Herman. Is one that can definitely be moved. He's had an, an overall a solid year. He, his numbers look pretty good. He wasn't great in in the Angels start, but he's been, his numbers look solid. He's been pretty good. I think he's got this year and next year on his contract. He's definitely a guy that can be sold. Severino, I know his his numbers look really bad. There might be a team that's you know in the playoff hunt that might say, okay, for the next two months. We have a six-man rotation. We try to see if Seve can figure it out. We get some some innings, some help, and then in the playoffs, we can put him in the bullpen because Severino has proven in the past to be productive in the bullpen. So Severino, he's going to be a free agent, so he's a full rental. You wouldn't get a ton for Severino, but Severino's an option. Then 
you look at the bullpen guys. You can sell off Clay Holmes. You could sell off Michael King if you wanted to. You could sell off Wandy. Like, these are guys that maybe you don't want to get rid of, but, I mean, these guys would have value to playoff contenders. I mean, everybody who thinks they're a contender is always looking for bullpen help. You're not going to tell me that Clay Holmes, you're not going to get pretty good value for Clay Holmes. Not to mention that you got him for absolutely nothing, you know, two years ago. So whatever you get for him, you're getting more value than you shipped out for him. Michael King, you're not going to tell me nobody wants Michael King. Even Wandy Peralta, like a lefty out of the bullpen who's, you know, shown to come up in big moments and, you know, be a, a main guy in this bullpen. He's obviously an option. Tommy Canely, somebody, you know, People are going to line up to get a guy like Tommy Canley in their bullpen, you know, if they really believe that they're contenders. I mean, that's just, you know, and those are the big guys in the bullpen, but even if you sell off one or two of those guys, you're retooling. This isn't going to be a full rebuild because you have guys under big contracts like Judge, Cole, Stanton, Rodon. Like, this isn't a full rebuild. It's not like you're selling the, you know, everything and, you know, starting from scratch. It's more of a retool, but there are guys that you can get off of and get some value back. You're not, you know, Glaber. I mean, I know they've been trying to trade him for a year and a half. Maybe you take a little bit less than you think Glaber's, you know, value is at. And you get, you know, you get a couple, you know, mid-level prospects back for Glaber if you're not intending on re-signing him long-term. If if they want to re-sign him long-term, that's a different story. I do think there are guys that can be sold. And it's it's not a rebuild. It's a retool. So there's not a ton of guys. You know, I think Domingo and Severino in the rotation you know, are, are good candidates, you know, if they are going to sell a little bit, I think Glaber is a good candidate, maybe even Trevino or Higgy, if somebody, you know, thinks that maybe a backup, you know, catcher, you know, with some defensive prowess can help, you know, can help them moving down the stretch, maybe you sell one of those guys, obviously the big guys aren't going to be going, but I think there is a couple of guys that you can get rid of, retool, get some good, you know, get some solid prospects and start to retool for next year, because for me, I'm starting to get to the point where I don't. I, I think this might be a lost season for the Yankees, and I think that's where the Yankees disagree with you in the fact that oh, yeah. they're not. Yeah, I think they're not going to sell just because they feel they're so confident in the like on paper. Yes, this team looks like they are a 95 win team, you know, like you know playoff guaranteed. But you know, I just I think that's the only reason why they're not going to sell is the fact that they think they have this playoff team that you know. You know, once, you know, they have Judge back and then they add on a guy like Cody Bellinger or, you know, um, you know, whoever, like, you know, to just build the team and make them stronger, you know, like that's, that's, that's really all they want. Um, just like a powerhouse still. So a selling, I, I, I feel like a selling is, is, it's pretty tough because the Yankees are just, I don't know, they're never sellers, obviously. They're never really, you know, they're always trying to add additions, you know, every, I feel like every deadline, you know, last year was Benintendi and Montas, uh, you know. Uh, Joey Gallo and Rizzo the year before, like you know, it's 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 more. I feel like they're just such a buying team. I I would I would accept the selling, uh, for obviously for certain players, but I feel like the problem with that is the fact that, you know, it's it's such a problem because of the fact that like you know guys like Rizzo and Stanton, you know, those are the ones that are really you know struggling the most, and they're the ones like clogging up the heart of the lineup to the point where it's like, you know, you really don't have so much, like, like, I don't know. I feel like there's just not much leeway. And then, you know, you're getting rid of pieces and, you know, then it's just, I feel like your whole time, the entire team, I feel like when you sell at the deadline, that's pretty much you just calling the season at that point. I don't know. Unless. Oh yeah. I mean, it would definitely, it would definitely be calling the season. I mean, if you traded Severino, just say, just say, for example, you trade Severino, Domingo and Glaber, 
you keep and maybe one of the bullpen guys. Yeah, you're you're giving up. You you totally are. You're giving you're getting rid of your most consistent guy in the lineup. You're getting rid of, you know, one of your more consistent starters and then a really high upside starter in Severino, and then you're getting rid of one of your bullpen guys. Like that would obviously be giving up. And I agree. I I, I don't think my my thought process is gonna be what the Yankees do. I'm just saying that's what I think they should do. That's my opinion, because I just feel like I feel like even if you keep those guys, I mean, do you like like be honest with me, Keith? Like, do you really think Cody Bellinger is going, you know, no. to, to to turn around all these problems? Like, <sighs> I don't know. Like, so are you, you know, so like, is it worth it to give up prospects? Like, you know, Cody Bellinger is going to leave. You know, he's a he's a two month rental. So like, if you if you don't feel like you know the moves that you can make in terms of buying are going to put you over the edge, I don't even think they're near the edge right now. So moves like making moves to put them over the edge, I just don't think is realistic, and I just don't think it's worth it. I think it's going to be bad for them in the long run if they do. Yeah, and I mean, the prospects. I you know they keep you keep training for prospects just for them to keep hugging them down there and and you know not showing their full potential. That's just, that's also such a risk factor. I kind of want to actually, you know, kind of moving away real quick. I, I wanted to touch on something, you know, about the game real quick. So there's been a lot of buzz this entire year about Peraza. Um, you know, Peraza was stuck in minors for a little while. And, you know, he was up here earlier in the year for a very short time, got sent right back down. They never, they never wanted to bring him up, no matter how bad Josh Donaldson was doing. They would rather put DJ at third. They would rather put IKF at third. They would have, you know, they would rather try anything else but Peraza. Then they finally bring up Peraza and, you know, probably because Boone likes him, you know, and Boone always wanted him up here type thing. It just wasn't his decision. He throws him right in the leadoff spot. You know, it's really interesting the fact that, and obviously it's not Boone's call whether to call, whether to call someone up or not, but it is really interesting the fact that he's been down for two, for, you know, two, three months. Fans are begging for him to come like some sort of production at third base. And then he's thrown right in the leadoff spot. I thought that was just a pretty interesting one. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And and that first game um, against the Angels, that game one, was, I mean, they, he threw him in the leadoff spot, and he looked really good those first have couple of bats. Had some of the best at-bats. Yeah, I think, team. I could be wrong, I think it went like nine-pitch walk, seven-pitch single, and an eight-pitch walk, like his first three at-bats. So, like, he was working the counts. I mean, hey, if, if they are going to get rid, uh, you know, and offload some of these guys, if they do trade Glaber... Perazzo should be the second baseman for the rest of the year. Let him lead off. Let you know. Let him play second base for the rest of the year, and you know, see what you have with him because you've seen good things from him. You've also seen you know some not so good things from him, and you know you need to you need to eventually know what you like know what you want to do. Like Volpe came up, you know he hasn't been great all you know for most of the year, but. You see the vision with him. You see the potential with him. Like you, you, you see the future with him. We can't see a future with Peraza yet because we haven't seen him enough. So they, I, I, I agree. I feel like he should just be up now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this weekend in general, or this uh, series in general, sucked. Um. You know, game two, not really much to talk about. To be honest with you, Domingo just blew up, and you know, offense goes dead once again. Um. <laughs> something to take out of the series, the Angels. Congratulations to the Angels for send yeah for sending up a or for setting up or for setting a record, uh, forty two strikeouts <laughs> this entire series forty two strikeouts, um, so yeah Yankees bats go absolutely quiet um, you know game three once again was rough Rodon kind of blew it up you know Rodon just didn't look good he you know gave up home runs kind of left pitches in the zone was wild so not really the good start for Rodon um, 
kind of getting a little concerning a little bit, I guess, because, you know, you don't want to see these types of starts from someone who just came off an injury. Um, you know, I don't really know. Just what are your really overall thoughts on, like, this series in general? I mean, and then Carlos, I'm blowing kisses away. Booney hates that. Everyone actually did not like it. You know, that was a really, that was just a really weird series. Yeah, I didn't love that, that blowing the kiss either. I mean, it was a bad series. It was sloppy. The defense wasn't good. The base running was awful. The pitching wasn't great. You know, I thought all three of the starts weren't great. Severino's the only one with a good line. And, you know, we already talked about it. I didn't love his start either. And offensively, I mean, in game two, again, only two hits. You score one run on the Glaber solo shot. You have one other hit all game. There's just so many problems in every other at in every single aspect. This series just showed it. I mean, you know, the bullpen had a blow up with King. Like, the 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 starting rotation wasn't good. The offense didn't hit for a game. Really, for all of the games, they didn't hit great. Like, it just to me, this whole series exemplified the problems that this whole roster has. Yep, that's uh, that's for sure. I feel like uh, a lot of Yankee fans feel the exact same way. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge. We are going to be back with you guys. Uh, I don't actually know when, but we'll be back with you guys uh, pretty soon um, after the Royals series, which I think that should be Monday morning. We're going to be doing a podcast. So Monday morning is so Monday around. We should be uh, uploading for the Royals series. Um, so yeah, check us out on all socials at the Bronx Lounge. Um, Cav, if you have anything else to add. Nope. All right, they, they 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 better sweep Kansas City. Yeah, they better sweep Kansas City. So, you know, did the Yankees make the playoffs? Does Booney is Booney's job safe? Did the Yankees sell? Who knows? We'll be right back with you guys on Monday morning. This was the Bronx Lounge. Let's go Yanks.